The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I am the host for this podcast. My husband, Steve Siegel, is the founder and producer of this podcast. If you have a story you'd like to tell, please be sure and reach out to us. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com. Just a reminder to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Also, check us out on YouTube subscribe to our channel, give us a thumbs up on our videos, and ring the bell so that you'll be notified when we have a new video up. The reason we ask you to do all of this is because it helps our podcast kind of come to the top when people Google solutions for drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And our whole purpose is to give help to those people who need it. So thank you very much in advance for doing that. And if you've already subscribed, thank you so much. Today's episode is episode number 275, and this is an episode where we are having back a lady named Laura Stack. Laura Stack is first and foremost a mother. I'm going to read to you a little bit about her son, Johnny. Johnny Stack was born on February 7th, 2000, and he died by suicide on November 20th, 2019 at the age of 19. He was an incredibly intelligent, funny, charming, handsome young man, which you can see in a tribute video, which is on the website for Laura's organization, which is called johnnysambassadors.org. And Johnny is J-O-H-N-N-Y. So johnnysambassadors.org. Johnny actually died after becoming addicted to marijuana. And that is the whole focus of Johnny's Ambassadors and what Laura is doing today. Johnny's Ambassadors is a nonpartisan, nonprofit grassroots alliance of individuals and organizations around the globe concerned about the harms of youth marijuana use. You know, we've talked many times on this podcast about how the marijuana of today is not the marijuana of the 70s that perhaps you and I are familiar with. I remember having a marijuana brownie when I was what, 19, 20, it's not the same as it is today. And um, Laura's son, Johnny, he was addicted to marijuana. He had been dabbing marijuana. And yeah, anyway, we're going to have her tell you a little bit more about that. And I want her to also tell us more about Johnny's ambassadors and what we're, what they are seeing now as regards the whole marijuana part in the pandemic. So without further ado, let's talk to Laura Stack. Laura Stack, mother and founder of Johnny's Ambassadors, which you're going to tell us all about. Thank you for talking to us again today. Thank you, Joni, for having me back. I really appreciate being here. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate what you're doing. Um, Much as I hate to ask, (laughs) there will be people who will listen to this episode who do not know your story. So please tell us about Johnny. Sure. Well, very briefly... Uh, My son, Johnny Stack, sadly died by suicide at the age of 19 after becoming psychotic um, from using high THC marijuana concentrates and vapes, which are available here in Colorado. He started using at the age of 14 and went on a descent over that next five years. And before he used marijuana, 
no medical issues, no psychological issues. In Colorado, it became commercialized when he was in ninth grade. And that was the first time he used it. And he told me that he did because he had a friend whose brother was 18 at the time, a senior in high school, which here is the magical age. Uh, There are 3,500 18-year-olds in Colorado right now who have medical marijuana cards. They're very easy to get. We have our well-known pot shop docs. Uh, You pay a few hundred dollars. You say you have a migraine. And you can legally walk into our dispensaries and purchase these products, which this young man had done. And they all wanted to try to get high. And he used it. And he liked it. And that was the beginning of five years of hell, literally. And after he died, after about six months in a fetal position, I ventured a post on Facebook and said, has anybody ever heard of dabbing? And I put in a couple links and it got 21,000 shares. (laughs) And I realized, wow, um, there are a lot of people Out of the 5,000 comments, which basically were, I have no idea what you're talking about. So we realized then that our ignorance about marijuana was much like many uh, parents today. Yep. We don't use marijuana, or even if you do, maybe you don't understand how different it is from when you know, you were growing up. Right. I was going to say, or, or if we did, it was back in the 70s. And right. it is not the same marijuana today that we smoked or ate in a brownie in the 70s. No, no. I, I mean, I used marijuana twice um, when I was in high school. I readily admit that I, when I go and talk to students in schools, I, I tell them that, but I say there's a there's a big difference Uh, When I was 18 and I used it and I didn't like it and I didn't use it again after that, I wasn't in the marijuana culture, so I didn't know how it had evolved. So, I mean, basically, when we were in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, right, you would take a piece of paper, put some weed in, roll a joint, (laughs) pass it around, you know, you shared it with your friends and then we all went to Denny's. Like, that's literally the only recollection I have. But the marijuana. I understand. And I didn't smoke. I've always had a very husky voice. And I was very afraid just of smoking that I would lose my voice altogether. So I think that's why I never really got into it. And one time my friends made marijuana brownies. There you go. Well, and, you know, back then it probably didn't have a lot of effect. It didn't used to be very addictive. It Mm -hmm. used to just kind of make, you know, in Lovestock, Woodstock, it was all about love and peace. And it was two to 5%, uh, 5% is the, on the high end of the THC tetrahydrocannabinol content of the, of the plant, which is that psychoactive part of it. And the botanists got a hold of it because they realized that as marijuana legalization was marching on, people wanted higher and higher levels of the THC, and there used to be an equal amount of CBD. And that was kind of a protective factor in the plant. And so that's all been bred out. And the THC content, unbeknownst to most people, has gone higher and higher and higher and higher. You can walk into one of our dispensaries, a couple towns up the road, you can buy 25%, 32% THC flour, 
right? Which anything over 10% is considered high potency in the, in the research. But not only that, they got real clever and they said, well, why don't we just remove the plant and just use the chemical? And so new inventions came about, extractors and ways that you can pour solvents into the plant, like butane, propane, ethanol, and break that THC trichome off the plant. And they toss the plant so that these newfangled concentrates, the shatters, the dabs, the waxes, the live resins, the sugars, the butters, and even distillates where the oils are then put into very potent edible, anything you can think of, right? Candies and popcorn and also products. You can take a bath in it. You can inhale it. You can put in eye drops, um, drops that you put under your tongue, tampons, suppositories. I mean, any orifice I know that you can think of. I, you say tampons and I go, tampons, oh my goodness, yes. but I guess the body could still absorb it. The body absorbs it through any orifice and it's incredibly um, secretive. You, they can't, there's no smell. They can't tell that you're uh, using it. Those can be quite popular with the high schoolers. Okay, uh, but I'm, also- I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm stuck on tampons. It's going to take me a minute <laughs> to wrap my brain around yeah. tampons. Every product. And, and if you've not gone into a dispensary and, and gone on a field trip, lately and seen these things, I highly recommend that you do uh, because it's shocking. You don't expect a THC oil. One manufacturer is saying that he's created a vape now that is 100% pure THC. So Jenny, these, these products aren't even in the same category. It's kind of like taking the cocoa plant, making cocaine, and then turning it into crack. Like this is crack weed. And I could give you some math equivalents to make it make more sense if you want. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So when, now I'm going to ask you to try and make sense of something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but (laughs) when Colorado legalized marijuana, it was kind of before a lot of this, right? Well, no, the medical was available in 2000 and that's when the botanists were really cranking up the levels of THC, you know, 10%, 12%, 18%, 20% is now for medical of a, purposes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And only uh, we have 3,500 teens, as I mentioned, 18 year olds, but only 137, 17 year olds. Wait. So that means in one day, uh, 3,500, 3,400 developed a chronic and debilitating condition. It's the party drug of choice here. We're not talking about these kids don't have like severe autism and, and seizure disorders, right? And, and genuine medical, these kids are on the other end of the spectrum. They're, right. they're just using it to get high because you only have to be 18, right? And you just make up some kind of medical. Um, now we've changed some of that with 13, 17. Now there has to be two doctors, um, who approve it. You know, we've put some guardrails in place with our recent legislation here in Colorado, but most states don't have that. Um, but but do they in any way, like, regulate the amount of THC that can oh, be in? No. no states do that except Vermont. Vermont's the only state that has a cap on the potency, 30% for flour um, and 60% for concentrates, which is still very, very high. high. Yeah. 
Um, but that's, you know, as good as they could. I mean, I, I would take any kind of potency cap and we're studying that now there's um, some research that's going on and we will be back um, our coalition with the next legislative session with uh, trying to get a potency cap put through because the constitution is silent on the potency. And I think that's where we can uh, really bring it down because right now it, there's no limit that's not regulated. It's perfectly legal to create a hundred percent vape, but these kids have no concept of old weed and newfangled weed, right? Right. In in today's kind of extreme weed, um, when you smoked a joint back in the old days with combustion, it's three to five milligrams of um, THC. So today, when an edible, one serving of an edible is defined as ten milligrams. So that's like smoking two whole joints. Just a little, like a gummy bear is 50 milligrams. So 10 milligrams would be like the ear on a gummy bear. So wow. like it's hard for the, and you're not a just handful like, of gummy bears. So. Exactly. They're yeah. going to, there's one box of, uh, of gummy bears that is 10. That's a thousand milligrams of THC in the box. It's, it's, you're just like, what there's, and that's how they are. And they can legally room. sell it. Legally, if you have and, a medical marijuana card, you walk in and you can legally buy anything in that dispensary. And and let me just point out that if an 18-year-old has a medical card and goes in and buys, and buys a box of gummy bears, if he's got younger brothers or sisters, I'm just saying. Oh, well, that's how Johnny that. got his. They sell it to the younger kids. I mean, in Colorado, one in 10 of our middle schoolers is addicted to marijuana. They, there are siblings, you know, they... One in 10 of your middle schoolers are addicted to marijuana. Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. That is hard. They always say, um, oh, you know, they bought it on the street or it's the black market or, you know, they're buying it out the back door of the, no, all they have to do is go to the pot shop doctor. It's like the old pill mill doctors. Exactly. I was just going to say that new, new name for pill mill is the pot shop doctor. Yeah. New drug, new drug. Same thing. There are 10,215 physicians here in Colorado and 324 of them um, issue medical marijuana. And they're, and so these are not most doctors. I just want to be very clear on that. Most doctors are ethical. They're not participating in this. You can be an eye doctor. You can be an orthopedic. You can be a dentist. Any kind of doctor can, can give these medical marijuana cards and all the kids know who they are. I mean, our high school here up the road, they can tell you in five minutes who has the medical marijuana cards and they're the drug dealers. I know because it was on Johnny's phone when he died. We have a friend who's a cybersecurity expert who helped us get into his Snapchat. And there's a section that says for your eyes only that's password passcode protected, but we were able to get in and we saw all of his drugs that he was dealing legally purchased uh, in the dispensary. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. So that's, you know, really what we're trying to do at Johnny's ambassadors is, and our mission states that to educate parents and teens and communities about the dangers of today's high THC marijuana on adolescent brain development. That's the piece that people don't understand and mental illness and sadly suicidality, a fivefold increase in psychosis and a sevenfold increase in suicidality with youth who use um, at a young age. Uh, it's it's absolutely horrifying. It's it and it's, it's you know and 
it's not fully confronted until someone loses their child like you did. And then it's like, oh my goodness, you know? The parents don't think it's addictive because they, you know, we grew up with these old perceptions of, oh, you know, it's just weed and I used it and I'm fine. Right. And they're totally wrong because they're not educated. How do I know that? I wasn't educated. I said the same thing to myself in my head when my son told me he'd used it. That was my, oh, oh God. it's just pot. It's just weed, right? And you get this reefer madness and people just saying completely ignorant things because they haven't taken the time to understand um, the potency, the differences. They don't understand the endocannabinoid system. They don't even know that THC mimics our natural endocannabinoid called anandamide and that it changes the development of adolescent brain in the prefrontal cortex. Like they say things that are not true because they don't know. They don't listen. They don't read the research. They don't take the time to understand the science. And that's what we're really trying to get the word out about is to sound the alarm. It's age of onset, frequency of use, potency of what's being used. That is the trifecta. And there are a lot of kids in that danger zone right now. Wow. Are you seeing at all uh, fentanyl being introduced? You know, there's been some reports of that. And that's something the industry wants to use like, oh, well, you must have gotten some bad pot. You know, and it's like, no, there have been isolated confirmed incidents in just a few states of some fentanyl in the marijuana. And of course we're watching that, but Johnny um, had no other drugs in his system. His diagnosis was THC abuse, severe, um, the nanograms per milliliter um, in his blood and all his mental hospital stays were just off the charts um, from all of this dabbing. And, you know, dabbing didn't even exist when I was a kid. I didn't even know what dabbing was. What, what, I don't know what it is. I think you may have explained it the last time, but I can't remember what it is. Well, it's when they extract the THC and they distill it into products that are very high potency, 80, 90 percent THC. So you take it's called dabbing because you just literally need the pinhead, the size of a pinhead, like a period on your computer. That's a wow. serving size. It's, so it's wow. a dab and you get something really hot. Um, if you Google marijuana dabbing rig, you'll see some photos of this, but either a banger or a, um, a spoon or a nail, you have to heat something up to red hot with a butane torch. They also make pens Um, dab pens, wax pens, some you have to fill others are carts because they have the heating element inside it and they take cartridges. So they're pre-filled vape pens, but you have to have something really hot that vaporizes that chemical. So dabbing refers to inhaling the vapors of a very concentrated marijuana product. There's no plant matter, right? So there, there's, there's nothing organic in a dab. They're made in a lab. So when people go, oh yeah, but it's just a, it's a natural healing plant God gave us. It's like, what are you talking about? These things do not exist in nature. This is all done artificially. Right. And and when you bring that up, you, you bring to mind too, it makes me think of like methadone, for example, like heroin actually does, is organic if you want. I'm not promoting yeah, heroin, so but is cocaine, so is poison yeah, ivy. but methadone <laughs> is a chemical 
And yeah. so it has a half-life in the body. And so trying to detox someone from methadone is way harder. This is all the people we've talked to who work at rehabs. It's way harder and longer and more painful than detoxing someone from just just heroin. So you got to figure that the same thing yeah. happens with this dabbing and this tea, this synthetic marijuana, if you will. Well, it's this... not synthetic. It's not synthetic. Synthetic means that it's actually created in a lab. Okay. Uh, that's K2 spice. Okay. Um, that is a full agonist on the CB1 cannabinoid one receptor in the brain. It's an identical fit. It, it exactly mimics anandamide. Okay. Um, THC is a partial agonist. The bottom of the molecule of the THC and the anandamide are identical. The tops are not, Okay. but it's enough that THC is allowed to bind to that receptor, which keeps the anandamide from being able to bind down, regulates it, decreases the production of your own natural feel good, um, endocannabinoid called anandamide. So you feel really bad. So you need more THC just to feel normal. And this is how the addiction forms. And it is listed as an addiction, cannabis use disorder in the DSM-5, which many people say it's not addictive, but this last revision, it was added. Okay. It is an addiction. So there you go. Uh, yeah. And so THC stays in your system for three weeks and three or four weeks. So it's fat soluble. So your point about heroin and methadone is really important because teens think, you know, oh, well, I only use on the weekend. Well, if you only use on the weekend, the THC has never left your body. Right. Um, so you are addicted to it and, and you need to go a month without using THC. And it comes with its own set of the CWS cannabis withdrawal syndromes. Um, it's very hard. It is very hard. I, uh, some of our doctors on our scientific advisory board who work every day in emergency rooms say that they find people giving up marijuana is harder um, than other addictions like opioids, really? heroines, et cetera. Yeah, it's very, very difficult because it is the only drug that mimics our own body's endocannabinoid system, which wasn't even discovered until the 1990s. Wow. This receptor, they were trying to figure out how does THC actually make people high? We have opioid receptors. We have a lot of, you know, different receptors, but this one was discovered more recently. And people used to think it was, you know, endorphins, which is the opioid receptor when you feel good, but it wasn't. It was anandamide, which is an, a Sanskrit for pure bliss. That's like when you get the runner's high, right? Mm. That's the chemical that's released. So no other drug does this in the body. And because there are so many uh, receptors rich in the prefrontal cortex uh, and in the cerebellum and the amygdala and all other places where it binds, it causes huge, huge problems in teen brain formation. And so just like I've said about other drugs, whether it's prescription psychiatric medications, whether it's heroin, whether it's opioids, if you're going to take these drugs, and this is to the audience, not to you, Laura, if you're going to take these drugs on a regular basis, you're playing Russian roulette with your life. Are you ashamed of your loved one's addiction? Are you worried that your loved one will overdose before they hit bottom? Do you walk on eggshells because of your loved one's addiction? If the answer is yes to any of those questions, the Addiction Intervention Book is for you. 
Author Rob Lohman brings you 11 breakthrough strategies to help you or a loved one discover freedom from the chaos of addiction. Restore your hope for the future and break free from the hopelessness of addiction. Visit www.addictioninterventionbook.com to get your copy today. Also available on Amazon. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com, or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Sometimes, the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Yeah. One in six. With your mind and your life. Will be addicted. One in six. And in teens, it's one in two. So half of all the teens who use every day because they're priming their brains, which are still organizing, pruning, myelinating, they're, they're changing the normal development um, of their brain. And so one in two who use every day will become, have a cannabis use disorder. And so parents, if you have kids, do you want your child to be in one of the two? I mean, come on. And now it's in, I know because we've had other guests on the podcast that it's vaped. Well, yeah, that's the distill. It's they, they distill. It's like in vodka, you know, to distill something five times, for example. And, uh, you know, that just means to make it more pure. Right. So they take the raw wax um, that they extract and maybe that's 60% when it comes out like butane hash oil. Uh, but they can further distill it into pro- products, distillates, the vapes. Um, that can be nearly pure. One manufacturer is bragging he has a 100% pure THC vape. It can be, they can be 30%, but they can be 60, 80, 90, near 100% pure THC. And the teens are like, oh, mom, I'm just vaping, right? And mom is thinking nicotine, jewel, right? And instead, it's not as bad as smoking a cigarette. No. Well, think about, think about if your kid got a hold of an 80% vape, okay? And they bought a cart, a cartridge pre-filled, which is a gram, right? That's 800 milligrams. Okay. When you do the math, 80% a gram, 800 milligrams. And let's say the manufacturer said there are 200 servings in this vape. So that's about four milligrams every time the kid hits it. And they, they describe a puff as this, that is not how the teens hit it, right? They do this like, these really huge inhales of the vape. So let's say it's like five servings. So you're getting 20 milligrams of THC every time you hit it. But guess what they do? They do it when they wake up, on the way to school, before class, 
after class, before lunch, after lunch, right? I We got a photo from a mom a few weeks ago who had, whose kid had laid out one cart for each day, 800 milligrams a day. And he was in an emergency room with an acute psychotic episode. So the kids just become more and more and more dependent on it. The CB1 receptors are downregulated, hidden and then killed off. There's less anandamide, you need more THC and it becomes a train wreck out of control before the teen even knows what's going on. This, the kid was talking about, he was married. He was the best stockbroker in the world. He was 17 years old. Um, just these incredibly delusional thoughts that these kids start getting really paranoid. Like Johnny used to think the mob was after him. You're yep. like the mob. We live in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, right? Uh, and and he would say that, um, you know, his phone was listening to him. He was just so paranoid. So we start to see those kinds of delusional thinking when the hot, that such huge levels of pot potent THC are going into the teen brain with all these baits. It's so scary. It's so sad. It, and they don't know what they're doing. And yep. they don't, and their parents don't know. I mean, That's right. sadly, some parents who still have the old Woodstock thinking, um, think it's good for stress and anxiety and depression, not realizing it causes all those things. And they buy it. Yep. I have had so many parents who are so embarrassed to say, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't know anything I've learned from Johnny's ambassadors. And I have purchased marijuana for my child and unwittingly caused psychological problems. Oh so now they're in recovery and they have to go to centers, you know, yep. to detox and then a 90 day inpatient rehab and then a, a sober living. And it, it's just a disaster of, of epic proportions. Wow. So tell me some of the initiatives that Johnny's Ambassadors does. Tell me some of the activities that you guys are doing. Well, I mean, right now we're just trying to create a, a pretty much a grassroots movement of people who are willing. Uh, we call it each one reach one. Uh, we have 7,500 ambassadors now on our mailing list and we do things as simple as putting on a post on Facebook and asking them to share it, right? That's yep. a way uh, of you helping to educate uh, other people about the harms of youth use. And we don't deal in adult use, um, not just because the brain is formed at 25, but because, um, you know, there is this onward legalization march and we just, we don't get involved in policy and um, that end of it, we're really focused in education and prevention and, and awareness. So we're trying to get people to help us raise awareness. Uh, I fly out. I'm always gone at schools, um, talking to teens, middle schools, high schools, a lot of community events, parent events, drug prevention conferences. But there's just one of me. Yeah. So now we're trying to get an army. Uh, we have 63 trainers so far. Wow. Um, and I, I send them my PowerPoint, my curriculum. I ask them to go out. So school resource officers, health teachers, uh, anybody who is willing to add in their lesson plan a module on youth marijuana prevention. We send them uh, materials. We have a, a new online community. Uh, we have about 250 people in there right now who are into prevention, who are prevention professionals who are engaged in trying to reduce youth marijuana use in their in their communities. They usually have drug-free community grants. Um, so they're already engaging and, and off on their own. Um, but it's mostly us creating educational materials um, that we're trying to get into the hands of people. We have 
75 hours of videos on our site with uh, cannabis experts, researchers, doctors, psychiatrists, drug experts, chemists, DEA, you know, all trying to educate. Um, and, and it's with the whole purpose of trying to get above the noise of the industry with the false narratives that, that are out there that people are believing and the celebrities and the new lines of this and that. And it's, it's safe and natural and Hey, it's legal. It's fine. And so we really just have to uh, yell a little louder than they do. Yep. Um, yep. And, and that's really what we're trying to do. Here's the research. Here's the science. Here's the truth. Yeah. Here's Argue truth. with that if you want, but here's the truth. Here's the yeah. science. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not a scare tactic. I don't go around like, oh, my kid died and so will yours. I mean, very few teens who try marijuana will die by suicide. Right. Um, it is a risk, a sevenfold increase. And the National Institute of Drug Abuse, NIDA, um, just came out with a statement. They studied 280,000 18-year-olds. And it says right on their website, cannabis use was associated with increased risk of thoughts of suicide, suicide attempt, and sadly, suicides. Um, suicide is the number one cause of death in Colorado for youth ages 10 through 19. Some people don't know that. They don't know that 51% of them have THC in their toxicology report. When they die, very few have alcohol. Um, it's just one of these things that people don't understand. If we, if this can continues, we're going to have, uh, we will, we will lose generations of teens to yeah. addiction, to mental illness, to psychosis, and sadly, uh, sadly to suicide. So, wow. And so on, I know your website is johnniesambassadors.org. And I yes. explained to people in the intro, it's J-O-H-N-N-Y-S, Johnny's Ambassadors. Two N's. Yes. And no apostrophe because websites don't take apostrophe. Right. So it's, so, it's grammatically incorrect, but <laughs> Johnny's without an apostrophe ambassadors and two S's. So two N's and two S's, it's a little hard to, to spell, but an ambassador is one that goes out on behalf of right right and, and right. that's we need a lot of ambassadors and johnny luckily my son had a very generic name uh <laughs> you know because people use that term all the time little johnny went to school right yep. and and so it's it's really all of our teens it's to and protect all of our young people who are using in, in college i mean your brain women young women's brains don't finish forming until 25 young men now experts say 28 wow yeah. And, and so if you put THC into these receptors, only drug that affects it is cannabis. That's why they're called cannabinoid receptors. Uh, it alters the development. The MRIs actually show four years or five years in between ages of 14 to 19, 800 kids, they did MRIs. And they show that the more they used cannabis, the thinner their prefrontal cortex was. Wow. Memory. IQ, attention, right? School yep. dropout. Colorado is eighth from the bottom in high wow. school graduation. It's it's wow. not a coincidence. Wow. And on Facebook, it's Johnny's Ambassadors as well. But there you can use the apostrophe, right? <laughs> yes, just look up Johnny's Ambassadors at Facebook. We have okay. probably 2,200 now on Facebook. Um, they're they're very active. But we also have a private group. And if... if um, if they have a child, it's called Parents of Children with Cannabis-Induced Psychosis. And sadly, there are 250 
right now in the US whose children are hospitalized with cannabis-induced psychosis. So we have a separate support group for them. They have their own private community on our online community. They talk about their kids, facilities, medications, doctors, um, addiction, you know, some of them are three and four times hospitalized with psychosis and continue to go back wow. um, to marijuana. And they have to be sober if they have a psychotic episode to let their brain heal. So they they have a separate group. And then sadly, we have a group of those who have died by suicide. Um, it's uh, it's amazing how many people realize, wow, I'm not alone. And that's, that's a nice feeling when you've had this happen to you. Um, <laughs> I think recognize. it's huge. And I think you also yeah. give people something they can do. Yeah. You know, we've had right. we've had other individuals on the podcast who have lost their children. And, you know, there's a um, there's a local couple who lost their only son Ugh. to an overdose. And yeah. what did they do? They started a foundation and they it fund education, to... and music yeah. education. And they just they pour their hearts and souls into doing good for others yeah. and but I, what else what's the alternative you're in a you cry for the rest of your life like exactly. you, know, you have to you have to decide at some point uh you know if you're going to use it for good um or if you're just going to be silent which is what the industry wants you to do they just exactly. want you to clam up and be shamed and be silent and obviously you are a horrible parent and right that's all that whole stigma yeah, is, obvi is obviously it's all your fault oh yeah of I, course I'm it's not, my fault. I, and that is a yeah. complete bullshit statement i just said well, i was making it, a joke you know it but it's like well, yeah, people think it can't say. happen to them and we've talked about this over and over again if yeah. you think that just because you do well and you've got money and your kids in a private school that they're never going to try drugs you need to think again yeah and you, you think know, people they won't say that pot it's like you are dreaming Okay. They're, no, well, they're fooling themselves. They are. You know, they, and, and so many people have their head in the sand and they don't even know their kid is using under their nose. And they, they're like, oh, Mike. And, and they, you wouldn't believe, well, you probably would believe the things that people tell me. They're like, well, you know, that would never happen to my kid because my kid, um, we go to church, right? And we're Christian or we go to temple. And it's like, my kid loved Jesus right? Yeah. Good kids make really bad choices. I mean, we taught Sunday school as a family, four-year-olds for many, many years. He had a real heart for the homeless. I mean, this kid grew up in Bible Blast and Awana and youth group. I'm like, what? You think because you raised your child a certain way that they're not going to become addicted to drugs? You've got another thing. And Oh, and then they say, um, this one I love. Well, that would never, my kid has a straight ace. My kid has oh, yeah. That, and I'm like, Johnny got a perfect SAT score in math, 800 out of 800. And he had a 4.0 high um, GPA all through school until his senior year of high school. They can absolutely keep it together and still be addicted to drugs. So don't, don't fool yourself. It's yep. just not true. Um, yep. He was very active in sports, activities, piano, guitar, karate. I mean, this was just a great kid. And it can happen to anybody, absolutely. anybody. Absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. you must have, you must have very thick skin, Laura, because I'm oh, I all ready to come to your town and find these pot shop docs and pick it. Oh, you know, and spread you know, their names all over. They me. let me take pictures. I, I've always been surprised. I walk in and I say, you know, do you mind if I take some photos? And they're always like, yeah, go ahead. You know, they, they, they're just so in your face because there's really nothing. Colorado wrote it into their constitution that 18 year olds have the right to buy marijuana if they have this med card. And it's so messed up. 
you, you know, your brain is still forming. I mean, I would love for it to say 25. Um, but of course, nobody is going to listen to the science, right? Yeah. Nobody ever does. Yeah, on it's anything. all about the money. It's oh, all about the money, Laura. Oh, my God. Well, when well, you talk about politicians dollar. and the laws they pass, it is all about the money. It is all about the lobbyists. Yeah. Yeah. You just well, look at money. how, you know, big tobacco. We have done such a good job in prevention, really. Um, kids think tobacco is more harmful than marijuana in the research. And it just makes me fall over. And so now all the big tobacco companies, well, they're not making as much because people aren't smoking. So now they've just bought up big marijuana and we're just going to go through the same song and dance and yep. marketing yep. Uh, pitches and targeting of teens and all that, that we went through with, with cigarettes. Um, yep. It's just big tobacco all over again. It is 2.0. Yep. But this one, um, you know, it's not just about addiction. I mean, I'm not saying any substance is better. You shouldn't be using any substances, you know, tobacco, alcohol, any other drugs. But um, this one, and it's not just your lungs or your liver, right? It's your brain is, is the big impact and, and where the science shows it changes. So yep. huge problem. And, and when I talk to teens, it's never about, I mean, I tell them Johnny's story, but I don't want, I'm not trying to make them sad or I'm not. I'm not trying to make them scared. It's not like drugs are bad. Don't do drugs, right? It's like, listen, here, here is some very important information that I'm going to share with you. Um, I share with them the science. They love the neurology. They love the MRIs. They like, they want someone to tell them why yeah. I shouldn't yeah. use THC. And if you do that and you're respectful and you talk to them like a normal person and say, as you're making your choices in the world, I can't keep you from using this, but here's something that you might want to consider. Keep it in it's mind. really been a good approach. And I think if parents would educate themselves, yeah. have these very important conversations at a very young age, starting at eight, 10, I mean, we're talking middle schoolers are addicted, yeah. right? And ask them, what do you know about marijuana? Have you ever heard of dabbing? I'd never even heard of this, right? Admit that you're human. Yep. As a parent, and you didn't know it all, and that you've changed your mind. Yep. Right. And yeah. and no use, no tolerance, because if you don't, and you have ambivalence, it's the same as giving permission. Yep. Laura, you are a rock star. You are. I know you are making a difference. I know we need about a million more of you to really we know, get it we out need there. Like a thousand more ambassadors feed yep. on the street. So anybody. Yep please reach out to me, Laura at Johnny's ambassadors.org. I will arm you with materials <laughs> and uh, to get you out there and, and help us. We, we just need a big grassroots movement going. I love it. Thank you so much, Laura, for talking to us again today. We're going to keep an eye on everything you do. I'm going to put up a picture of your book because um, I think it's important that people know about your book as well. And I will also put up the URLs on the video so people can see where to go. And yeah, thank you so awesome. much. Thank you so much for helping us get the word out um, for your support, for having me back again, and for just you for being one of Johnny's ambassadors. I'm so grateful. I really hope that anybody listening who thinks that the marijuana that these kids are quote unquote legally imbibing is okay, you need to think again. It's not. And if you go to johnny'sambassador.org, and once again, it's J-O-H-N-N-Y-S, johnny'sambassadors.org, I'm telling you, 
all of the information is there and it is so simple you could literally sit there and go over it with your child or your teen and they would get it okay so you need to listen to this information you need to become a johnny's ambassador because you need to spread the word about marijuana even if your kids have never tried it and they never will although how you know that i'm not sure but unless they're like 30. If you have kids who are younger than 25, you need to make sure that they have this information and they can become Johnny's ambassadors too. And they can explain to their friends why they don't want to do marijuana because of the harmful effects. So I hope you learned something. We're not against medical marijuana in the cases where it's absolutely needed, but we are against recreational use and it is addictive and it does produce psychosis and it can lead to suicide, and that's a fact, and I don't care whether you agree with me or not, it's a fact. We'll be back again next week with another interview. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.